Commitment is what transforms a promise into a reality. Abraham Lincoln said that. This is Walking Your Talk, a podcast about leadership, authenticity, and courage. I'm Carolyn Taylor. Over my career, I've worked with well over 100,000 leaders in every kind of organization. People who are committed to closing the gap between their own values and those of their organization and how they show up every day. I wrote a book called Walking the Talk on how you change corporate culture, but this is much more personal. If you want to be known as someone who walks their talk, then this podcast is for you. She was a woman of her word, or he was a man of his word. Doesn't that sound great? High praise indeed, I think, and a reputation I'm sure you'll all want to have. I certainly do. So in these episodes on accountability, we distinguish between the asker and the giver, the one who is holding to account and the one who is being accountable. And we also distinguish between the important conversations that need to happen as you set up an accountability contract between two people, the asker and the giver, and then what needs to happen after that promise is made, both by the asker and the giver. So today, we're going to talk about, from the giver's perspective, what does it actually take to turn a promise into a delivery, into a reality for the other person, into happy clients, happy friends, and the satisfaction of actually knowing that you are someone who can be relied on and whose word is your bond. There's something very honorable about that for me. Do you remember the days when people used to resign because they didn't keep their word? Oh my goodness me. I remember when I was growing up, politicians would resign because they made a promise and then didn't deliver it. I think I'm getting old, but goodness, those were good days. In the last episode, if you got a chance to listen to it, I made a big deal about making a distinction between a promise and an intention. And the reason I did that, and I hope you got a chance to have a go with that during the week, is because when you do that, you do significantly increase the likelihood that you will actually fulfill those promises because you've put your word behind it. You've put your honor behind it, your weight. By focusing on making wise promises, you actually become someone who is much more skillful at judging the risks and the likelihood that you will fulfill certain kinds of things that people are asking you to deliver your judgment of risk actually increases so you learn your own capability better and therefore you become better at making the wise promise. So over time you make better promises because you've ruled out the ones that were always ever only going to happen with a bit of help from luck or hope or magic. So now you have doable promises, but things can still happen after you make a promise which make them difficult to fulfill. You know that. Other people demand things that you weren't expecting. You have to juggle between that and what you'd already committed to. Or you might discover that something turned out much more complex than what you were expecting. Or maybe you get sick or your computer breaks down or some other reason happens which incapacitates you. The first thing about being someone with a reputation for being accountable is that you do really care. So when something like this does happen, you immediately pay attention. You don't ignore it and hope it'll go away because those are the enemies of accountability. Then you recalculate. Because you care and you understand the risks, 
and you've got a pretty clear idea about what else is on your plate, you can then do a bit of a calculation which says, okay, can I still deliver this or not? I've had some computer dramas myself actually recently. The C and V keys on my computer just completely stopped working. So I suddenly had to cut and paste C's and V's every time they came up and put them in. You can imagine how much time that was taking me on everything I was doing. So then I sit down and go, okay, what's the temporary fix? How long will it take me to buy a keyboard, for example? How long to get the computer absolutely fixed? And as I do that, I'm going, all right, do I need to renegotiate any promises or can I still make this work? And notice I use the word negotiation because that's the next thing we have to do. And this is the one I find really hard and you probably do too, because I really consider myself to be very client centric and very good at keeping my word. So I hate having to go back to someone and say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to do this. And my tendency, if I think about my own weaknesses, is to postpone that moment and assume that I am going to be able to make it. And of course, sometimes I just completely overestimate. So the renegotiation conversation is actually another way of keeping your honor. Okay, it's second prize. Best prize is deliver. But it's way ahead of not saying anything at all and then on the day failing to deliver. Because of course, what happens is your askers are expecting something from you and they make plans for their life, which assumes that you're going to deliver. So the more notice you give them about renegotiation, the more opportunity they've then got to do something different with their lives and whatever it is that's going on for them. And as you do that renegotiation conversation, I found that one of the keys is to take responsibility. So not to blame something else, but to say something like, I didn't really take into account that maybe there would be some challenges like computers going wrong or people demanding something from me that made it impossible for me to deliver. I should have been a little bit more lenient in terms of how much time I gave myself. So there I am, I'm describing what went wrong, but I'm owning it instead of saying, well, sorry, it wasn't my fault the computer broke, which is what most of us would tend to say if we're not being conscious. So taking responsibility is an important piece of getting that on a bit right when you have to renegotiate. And then the final thing that I think is really important is to make sure that you learn from it. And this is something you do afterwards in, in, with yourself, is ask yourself that question. What didn't I anticipate, for example? What didn't I predict might happen? Where could I have mitigated better so that I was still able to deliver? And if you do that and you do it in a way where you are taking responsibility, you know, sometimes you'll conclude actually, you know, it was just one of those things. I, I would have done the same thing if I'd done it again, I would have made the same promise. But other times you'll go, actually, I could have done this smarter and this is how. And so next time you go into a similar situation, you're then making a better promise. So gradually you ratchet up your skill and you become literally more and more masterful at keeping your word and therefore it being accountable. And that's going to be the exercise then for this week, that I want you to have a goal this week that you won't leave anyone in the dark about whether you're likely to break your word over something. Just keep that top of mind this week. Be super conscious of the promises you made, more conscious than perhaps you normally are, and the ones that you've already got in train from the past. And then be courageous. If you need to have a conversation with someone, have that conversation, even though it's difficult. Do the negotiation where you need to. And where you don't, refocus 
rethink about the risks, mitigate things differently and move ahead. So that's the week. Next time, next episode, we're going to go back to being the person who holds people to account and look at what do you need to do after promises are made to you to help people to deliver. So that'll complete the series on accountability and I look forward to you joining me then. Thank you and goodbye.